Mutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And we're going to give a quick shout-out to the coolest GameStop employee ever, the GameStop employee over at the Eastland Mall over here in Evansville, Indiana. He let us hassle him and was totally cool about it. Yes, and even while we were in there, we ran into a fan of the podcast while we were in there, which was super awesome to do. And actually one of the first times that that's ever actually happened to us. We ran into somebody, like I think out in public, whenever that actually like knew who we were. Oh, yeah. It was actually pretty surreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty. So that was like really, really, really cool and really awesome. Because any, like anytime you guys, if you guys ever like uh, see us or you guys ever come, uh, want to talk to us, you want to pro, just go for it. We always love talking to people, especially about stuff in the paranormal. Um, going over episodes, uh, uh, let's bust out some beers. Yes, let's do some beer first. Okay, I lost a bet to Marcus. We'll get into that a bit later, but oh, either way, yes, I had to did. buy beer today. And you definitely shelled out for this amazing upscale beer called. Rolling Rock. I like Rolling Rock. <laughs> and people say that's like a cheap beer, but if the angry video game nerd drinks it, it has to be cool. It's just straight green glass with a white like seal that just says Rolling Rock on well, it. It's good. Okay, you guys let us know what you think about Rolling Rock. I think it's a good beer. Ugh. I'm going to try this. Mm. <sighs> you know what that tastes like? What? Victory. Yep. <laughs> I actually tried to get us Killians, but they didn't have Killians. I didn't go to the normal liquor store. I went to that um, really shady one up the street. You didn't go to the nice liquor store? No, I went to the shady one. You bought the sh- you bought shady <laughs> alcohol from a shady liquor store after, after losing the, a bet to me? Do you know what's the worst part? Figures. I really thought, yeah, it's a shady liquor store. It'll probably be a little cheaper. No. Way more expensive. Way more expensive than a normal liquor store. Two bottles of wine and freaking a six-pack of Rolling Rock is like 40 bucks. What make you buy better alcohol for this? This doesn't count as win. As, this doesn't count. You're going to buy the next alcohol, too, <laughs> to make up I, for this. Who always buys the alcohol? It's not about that. It, the princ- it is the principle of the matter. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think you've bought alcohol for the show since, like, episode eight. That's, okay. You bring the alcohol... I bring my wonderful personality. Okay, that's what that's what I bring to this to this every episode. Okay, I feel like I'm losing in this deal. No, you are not losing in this deal. I'm surely gotten more. <laughs> my God, you're definitely a shill. What are you calling me off for that I'm not buying it? Fine, fine. After the after the next round of alcohol, I'll buy the alcohol for this time. That's what I'll do. It's gonna be worse than real. You know, I'm gonna get you Mad Dog 2020. Oh, <laughs> I'm, gonna make you, I'm gonna make you drink like Mad Dog 2020 while we're doing this podcast. Oh God, as long as it's not Wild Irish Rose, I'll as drink a, it as a punishment. <laughs> okay, what what we got from comments? <laughs> uh, well, anyway, guys, welcome back. At our last episode, Giants of Legend. If you haven't checked it out, you should absolutely go check that out. Let's check that out. We kicked off this month of talking about giants. Um. 
Gray9438 says, in your research, did you uncover any descriptions of the giant's legs as in other large animals such as elephants and reconstructions of seropod dinosaurs? The legs evolved to be more column-like in order to support the body size. I've never looked too much into giants, but most depictions I see just have them looking more like uh, sized-up humans without any of the adaptations you'd expect. The only adaptation I read about the leg to make it notably different would be the extra toe, which would give it enhanced stability. I haven't found anything that gave a description giving it um, like a columned leg, like an elephant or a sauropod, but that's an interesting thought. Yeah, the only thing that I really have seen in my research about giants that people have talked about is trying to assume how many calories that they would have to eat just in a day. Like if it was just a person's biology, like if they were like a person and they were that big, like how many calories they would have to eat, which would be like an insane amount of food like every single day. Oh yeah. Which truthfully is one of the, is one of the theories about why people think that like, we kind of like exterminate, like giants got exterminated was because literally was like, it's competing for food because they're trying to, you know, eat everything in sight. Oh yeah. I mean, stuff like that happens all the time in the biological record. Oh yeah. Laughing Fox. Patron says, I like the idea of Greek heroes slash ruling cast being giants. That's a fun theory, but it was with all things I have to apply Occam's razor to it. What I'm left with is feeling that they played up the size of these people to emphasize their narrative importance. They were the heroes and thusly they were depicted as larger than life. Keep in mind, Homer's Iliad was written long after the war by the victors, no less. Not exactly the most favorable conditions for historical accuracy. Oh, no, totally true. And there's very much that possibility that that is just a literary tool that's being used. And yeah, it's, it's, it's also true that this was written way after, but at the same time, like I always get sick on the fact that so many cultures describes their heroes of being like of abnormal stature and this whole men of renowned association with the giants. It's just something that, although I'm not hundred percent sure on it myself, I would have been remiss if I didn't bring it up. Hmm. I like this. Uh, uh, he continues on uh, where he talks a little bit. He goes, but as for where the Giants went, don your tinfoil hats because it's about to get weird. Don't worry, they're permanently on. Oh, yeah, we don't take ours off. We know that many kinds of animals we've domesticated can undergo radical transformations. If released back into the wild, some cattle grow thick buffalo-like coats and more prominent horns. Most notably, pigs will revert back to their form reminiscent of the wild boar, growing thick shielding, long hair, big tusks, and a world-class nasty temper. What if something similar happened to the giants that remained and never joined human society? They went into the woods, went feral, and the pressure from human giant slayers... Wait, wait, are we talking Bigfoot? Yeah, that's where we ended up going. Like, essentially caused them to become uh, only the smallest of them to survive and pass on. (laughs) So they become Bigfoot. I mean, that's really fascinating. I have toyed around with this idea myself, and it makes a lot of sense because Bigfoot kind of falls into the smaller category of what we're talking here. I think that it's viable. The one reason I have not already brought up this theory myself is because so often the giants are reported with having six toes. Mm -hmm. And with so many casts of Bigfoot's feet, I've never seen one with six toes. But maybe, maybe that was something that they didn't all have. It's not present in every, uh, every giant story that I find. Yeah, that was the argument that I was going to go with, too. 
that I think that the true and also true that they had like two rows of teeth was yeah. like another thing too that they that they tended to have too as well. Which I mean, we don't know. Bigfoot might have two rows of teeth, and I think it would make sense. No, but I know, but I, but there have been accounts of people seeing Bigfoot's mouth, and they don't necessarily like account them of having two rows of teeth. Yeah, but I think it would be hard to tell if something has two rows of teeth unless it's like opening its mouth and showing you. Which we've had instances of Bigfoots doing before whenever they've been yelling at people. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I like the I like the theory. I just don't know if I don't I just don't know if I can I just don't know if I can get behind. Just it. W- w- one one thing to throw in there. If Bigfoot's yelling and screaming at you, are you really counting the rows of teeth? I think you would notice if something opened its mouth because most people tend to report that they have like sharp fangs and things like that or they have bad breath. There's other accounts too. And I'm pretty sure that, again, we're trained to notice abnormal. So if this thing like opened its mouth while it's yelling and screaming, we'd be able to see if there was two rows of teeth. I still think that's a detail someone might I, miss. No, people talk about things having fangs all the time. I don't think people would miss Again, because that's not the normal that we would see. That's why people notice it. Sure, sure, sure. You don't give people an apprentice. Which again, which is the reason why that you bought the alcohol for today. But anyway, that's not my, bu- that's not my business yet. Hmm. Uh, creepy California super duper fan said, I've been trying to find more info on giants on the West coast, but a lot of stories from natives I've heard are a mix of actual giants and wild men. Like some of the stories say these giants are Bigfoot looking wild men. And others say that giants and wild men are two different types of creatures. Um, yeah, I, I, I think people try to lo- try to lump both of those kind of in together. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I think that stories of wildmen probably are not necessarily giants. I think that they're probably again either uh, uh, stories probably of like of either Bigfoot or again just possibly other things like we've seen in the Bigfoot narrative where people essentially say that about like um, uh, like indigenous people like that live like that live like outside of society and stuff. So. Marcus, do you happen to be related to a guy named Matthew Burwell from the Real Life Friends podcast, because you guys sound uncannily similar in taste and voice, like it's just too uncanny. Uh, yes, no. I'm the same person. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same person. No, we're not. I'm just, I'm actually not related to that person. I, what, pod- what podcast is it? Real Life Friends. Huh. I've never checked out that podcast. I'm going to have to check that out. No, but, you know, it's weird. I get that all the time, though. Like I used to get that at the hospital all the time that I lo- that I looked familiar and I just have one of those faces that people just say that I look like so and so. Who's that rapper everyone thought I was? Dude, you honestly look like Post Malone. Post Malone. Pre tattoos. <laughs> like if you guys really want a picture of what Vic looks like, he is straight up like clean cut Post Malone. Yeah, I th- we would have people come in all the time and they'd be like, "Are are you Post Malone?" And I'd be like, "Are you who? related to him?" <laughs> like I d- I don't even know who this is. <laughs> Mary Grace says, well, now that's a friend for you. Give you a drink that could kill you. Interesting video, guys. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you, Mary. I agree for anybody that didn't catch what she's talking about. That's when Vic tried to give me strawberry alcohol that I'm allergic to. You know, today I kind of want to poison you. My friend of 16 (laughs) years that I forgot about it, but thank you for reminding me, Mary. I appreciate that so much. Jerk. Next time it won't be accidental. Try to kill me with strawberry alcohol and you buy me subpar alcohol for this podcast. Dude, Rolling Rock's good. Okay. 
I got a bottle of wine I can go get. No, 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 no. I prefer, I pre- no, I'm going to accept this alcohol with humility and grace. But definitely not dignity. You know that, why, why, why you got to crap all over Rolling Rock? Hmm? Why you got to crap all over Rolling Rock? It's, it's a good gen- beer. It's generic. It's extra pale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if someone just tried to take a knee while making alcohol. No risks. It just is what it is. You know, I, I like Rolling Rock. So, all right. So we're going to move on. And we're going to get in today, and we're going to get into the, today's episode. Um, now, for this episode, guys, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to. I would say this is a continuation of last uh, of our last episode, in which we kind of talked about that there's all these stories of people all over the world that are finding, according that are allegedly finding evidence of giants, like giant bones, giant graves. And things like that. But then a lot of these stories end with, and then someone shows up and then takes them away and they're never seen of again. They're never seen from again. And this begs the question, because I've been asking it like all the time, like we, we see so many stories of all these giant bones. Where do they end up? Well, supposedly the running current theory in the narrative says that most of these giant bones end up at the Smithsonian. Or at least in North America. Or at least in North America. No, I've even heard stories of them from outside of that and ended up yeah. in there, too. But there's some other groups working at least in Europe. Boo. And then the Smithsonian uh, has been uh, hoarding onto these bones, or even, the- or even some people speculate, destroying evidence of giant's bones, which has kind of led to what they, would prefer- they call it as Smithsonian Gate. I have never heard the term Smithsonian Gate, but you, that does fix. You've never heard it. Smithsonian Gate? I don't no, like. Th- I've like the book I just read had like several chapters just on this, but I don't remember him ever using the term Smithsonian Gate. Yeah, I think a couple. Well, people like in in I the like field, it though. No, people in the field like anytime that there's a conspiracy, they always want to throw the word gate at the end of it, like what you know, like the Watergate conspiracy, like the Watergate story and all that. So like anytime that there's something going on, they just throw like a gate at the end of it, you know, like Pizza Gate. Yeah, I just got done reading uh, The Ancient Giants Who Ruled America, and it's by Richard Dewhurst, and it was a pretty fascinating look into it. Like, like I said last episode, I had kind of a rough time getting information. I picked some bad books. This book was the book I should have been reading. This guy goes over a ton, and I mean ton of accounts from newspapers of like people just digging up these giant bones on accident. And I was astonished by the number. Like so many were given. There were ones from my little backwater county of Jennings County found. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, like I've seen uh, I've seen photographs and stuff of people when they post them up, like where a lot of giant bones are actually found. And like a striking large number of them are found in the Midwest, like in Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, in that particular in that particular area. And a, a few of the of the articles even mention the Smithsonian coming in as well. Mm-hmm. So the Smithsonian seems to show up after it at least makes local headlines, and then they just kind of snatch them up. They usually try to acquire it through just donation, and it failing that, then they try to buy them, like just purchase them <laughs> for the Smithsonian. And there are tons of places where, like, they're, they're even told, oh, hey, this is going to change our fossil rate. This is going to be a huge deal. You're going to be hearing all about this. And then guess what? They hear nothing about this. Mm-hmm. 
there are even people who've managed to hold on to the um, object transfer numbers that were sent for the bones. Because when you're dealing with museums, they have very strict protocols on when they take in an object. And certain numbers have to be assigned to them and stored under them, mainly because early museums did a really bad job and just lost things literally all the time. Well, to be fair, the Smithsonian has like over a hundred million pieces in it. Like I think, um, I think about now, I think they, they have over 150 million individual pieces that they've had to document. And I'm sure all of them have been assigned a uh, tracking number. Dude, can you imagine the data entry? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh much, yeah. There are people where this suck. is their life. Oh my God. That would have to just suck. But there have been people who've held on to the numbers and then tried to find out exactly what happened to the bones they donated because they had never heard anything about it. Oddly enough, the Smithsonian has reported, yes, we do have that item. It is not on display, and we cannot currently locate it or tell you where it is. To be fair, though, again, when you have over 150 million pieces, which I imagine even so, too, that like they have to loan out pieces i would imagine as well for scientific research but they're clearly not just losing coincidentally all the giant boats. this would be like losing the rosetta stone mm, depends upon how much value that they put in a lot of these you should be hearing some some what, what's your you're, you're heading somewhere where are you heading? oh okay so okay so the, the point the point of like where i'm getting at is you know for, for this i really tried to i tried to go down the skeptical rabbit hole for this because i knew that you were really diving into that book and i knew that's kind of like where this conversation was going um, because one of the people that really led to propagate the stories, and I don't know if this guy in your book that you read, he did that, but a lot of like real evangelical Christians, um, will say that the reason about why the Smithsonian is hiding all of this is because that they're trying to, uh, cover, oh God, what is it? No, they're, they're trying to, uh, keep the, the, the truth of the Bible under wraps and suppress it. That way they can prop up the theory, their theory they use air quotes, I'm not, but, like, of evolution. First, I guess maybe a little towards the end he goes into that route a bit, but not a lot. He doesn't seem to be one of the heavy evangelicals going into it. And this goes a little more into what I'm going to be covering in our extended segment for the patrons, but I really don't think that that is the motive behind it at all. Um Personally, I don't even think the Smithsonian is the organization that's doing it. I think there's an organization that's utilizing the Smithsonian as a tool. Well, this, a lot of people don't realize that the Smithsonian, even though it's got like a .edu to like its website, like it's actually like ran by the government. Like there's actually like law that says you are not allowed to sue the Smithsonian without Congress's approval. Like it has to get approved for you to even file a lawsuit yeah. against them. That like there be that, that, that there's a lot of. Uh, government control over the Smithsonian. But I don't think the Smithsonian is specifically the group that's trying to hoard these bones. I think that they are a tool being utilized because everyone knows what the Smithsonian is. You can drive up to pretty much anybody and be like, hey, have you ever heard of the Smithsonian? They're going to be like, of course I've heard of the Smithsonian. <laughs> and it, it's America. Everyone knows basically what this is. Yeah, like I, I would be surprised that, like, honestly, that they would... It's kind of like, it's kinda like if, if they were... If the government was really doing this why would they say the why would they be honest where they're from <laughs> yeah, and also let's say you didn't know anything about the smithsonian gate thing say you are digging what would you be digging for 
You're digging for treasure in your backyard am, because I'm you're dumb enough to think there's treasure. Because I don't backyard. know, dude. I hide real gold in my backyard. I know you way. do. I do. I, it's my that's my uh, retirement plan. So you're back there digging, and you unearth this big stone coffin with a giant skeleton in it. You do the responsible thing, report it to the media, and people are starting to draw attention. Then someone from the Smithsonian goes, comes up to you and goes, "Oh, hey, this is an amazing find. This is going to change human history. Would you be willing to donate this to the Smithsonian Museum for the good of humanity?" I mean, it's a good argument. I mean, like, really, but, what are you going to do? But what, what would you respond? What, how how would you respond to that? Uh, truthfully, would I donate this to a museum? I don't know. I mean, I, me maybe. I probably. I mean, I'd be okay with it. I mean, what am I going to do with the giant bone? But the thing is, like, for people who aren't familiar with the Smithsonian Gate, it's the rational thing to do is generally to either say yes, I will donate yeah. this for the good of humanity, or. Actually, I'm, I want something back in return, which the Smithsonian is also willing to do. And just buy it from you? Yeah. Uh, I think it makes sense for people who have not heard of this whole Smithsonian gate scandal thing to just do this. I think this is the rational path, and I think that's one of the reasons they're so successful. Well, there's a, there's this there's this rumor going around that said, like, in like an like in early 2000, that said that, like, the Smithsonian actually was sued, and the Supreme Court said that they actually had to... Uh, provide documents about some of these giant bones, and it, and it gave evidence that they had like been disposing of them, like in the ocean or something like that. And actually, that was found actually that's actually not true. That there's actually like no actual Supreme Court decision that they had to release this information saying that. That's actually a rumor that's going around. But I would doubt that they're destroying them. You know, but something weird that I that I that I found with this, like a big proponent of people that argue that argue the the, the Smithsonian gate conspiracy are e, like evangelical Christians, okay. And one of the things that I thought that was really really odd is you know that there, there's creation there's creation museums all over the country, and in many of the stories, and I know like even in the book that you had, there are, there are accounts where they the person that found the bones didn't give them up. Yes. There is not one creation museum that has a single, even reported, giant bone on display. That like, doesn't surprise me at all, though. That's, no, that super surprises me. Like, even, like, no, like, the, the Shroud of Torah, man, like, the Vatican, like, that claims that they put that out there as saying that, like, this is evidence of, like, Jesus, of, like, Jesus Christ, that, but they didn't want it tested on. Like, you know, they were just resistant to, to have any tests. There's, there's no even, like, just fakes that are out there there's not one i mean we, i mean jesus we got a we got the ark not too far <laughs> from us that we can go to that you could take a tour of that where they where they prop that up and however you believe that or not like that just surprised me that there's not even one bone whether it's a real giant bone or it's a fake bone that they just won't test for whatever, for whatever reason, of them just claiming that this is an actual giant bone. I think the powers that be have gotten pretty good at getting a hold of these. Because, we, we like that discussion we had earlier, most people are going to take that path of, oh, yeah, this makes sense for me to give this to the Smithsonian. On the other hand, there have been people who have said no. Um, if I remember right, one guy from Texas said, no, this needs to be in a, tech, a Texas museum. It is a local artifact. It needs to stay here. And then, this 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 isn't a one time occurrence. This has happened several times. Then suddenly, um, American Indian groups will, even though they had previously said this is not one of their things, will suddenly kind of do this turnaround. 
and sa- and then claim rights to the body as sacred ground, and then it has to be reinterred at that point. And there's no argument at that point. It's just this is theirs. Boom. And that's been called on several times. Uh, in Texas, I know there's one in Florida, if I remember right, there's one in Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is they come in and they try to get donated. That failing, they'll try to bribe the person. That failing, they'll lean on local American Indian groups to exert this right. And I think at this point, they have pretty good con- control over it. Um, there's not a lot you can do once these laws go, once these laws become enacted. But I think there's been this there's been this huge push within the last ten years, I would say within the evangelical Christian community, where they've been enacting like their own like archaeological sur- surveys and studies where they're going on trying to generally disprove evolution and 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 prop up creationism. And again, I'm not arguing about you know which way it is, which way I, I, I feel on it. But you, oh, I personally think he's evolution. Well, but, but it's not important. For, I don't think it's important for this. No, it's not important for the discussion. But, though. like, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is, like, there's been this big push for them to do that, and you even see there's – it's a popular thing to see, like, creationists versus uh, evolutionists, like, doing these debates. You would think that, like, so many of these people claiming that they found evidence of giants all over the world, there'd be something. And there's just not. There's just – this, there's no there's no outlier that that's what bothers me like and this is the only thing in like in the paranormal that it, like 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 that I can seem to find like this and I, I it just surprises me then, that it's that it's would it make you feel better if I told you that there have been private museums these have made it to in the past I will I would believe it because there's been like several museums that have hosted bones of giants. In the past, like we're talking fifty years ago, it there were there were ones in a museum in California, and in other parts of the world as well. How long ago was that? I think it was around about fifty years ago. About fifty years ago. Yeah. But they did exist in the at parts over time. The collection just seems to disappear, with no one being able to say what happened to the bones of giants. Mm-hmm. Like there's one I didn't really prep this story because I didn't think we we're going to be getting into. It was this. Um, amateur archaeologist in California who um, basically built this museum, and he had lots of giant bones on display, and he was really well known for bringing out one of the giant jaws and showing how it fit over his jaw right, and things like that. But then his collection after his death just kind of disappeared, and no one knows what happened to it. I only know this because it brings it up in the book because of a another museum who had acquired part of the um, collection from there, none of the bo- giant bones, uh, the curator found a journal of his detailing the giant bones he found, where he found them, and how big they were, things like that. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But the physical bones were had been vanished by that point. And I, I say specifically they had been vanished as someone, I think, intentionally made them go away. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that were in these independent collections have been uh, spirited away for for the time being. But here's the reason why here's the reason why that, that I find that really really weird. Because again, people claim that the Smithsonian or these other groups are trying to keep these things hidden and not and not found. Okay. Like the Smithsonian is created in 1846. That's when the Smithsonian is first created. Prior to that, many United States politicians 
believed that like mounds in the United States were were formed by giants. Like this was just a prevailing theory. Like this wasn't like this was that oh they don't exist. Like this was a legit theory that many people believe. Like Abraham Lincoln is on record of believing that giants legit walk the earth and whatnot. Why why is it all of a sudden that there's that there was this this radical shift to hide them? when generally the, the vast majority of people believed in these sorts of things. I wish I had a solid answer for you for that, because that's the question I've been asking myself. They, these people seem to be trying to suppress it, but I'm not totally sure why. Yeah, like, there, there's, just this big, there's just this big flip by, like, the 1850s, in which the giant bones stories seem to prop up, and then all of a sudden people say that, that they're disappearing. And again, and again, it, it it makes me wonder whether or not whether or not if if the argument of oh that th- a lot of these are just legitimate hoaxes or just misidentified bones is more accurate. Because again, we're not talking about like the golden age of journalism <laughs> back in nineteen eighties, back in like the nineteen fifty like eighteen fifties and whatnot. So like it, it makes me wonder about the necessity of there being this massive cover up in that time period. I mean, some of these I would almost guarantee are misidentified bones. But the skulls? No, no, no. I, I agree. The skulls were very I, hard to misidentify. The skulls were I have a, is, is I, I've not been able to reconcile that if I didn't believe in them. Now, don't, now again, again, at the end of the day, I do believe in them. I do, but that's the that's the one thing that I that I can't that I can't shake. Uh, another thing that always struck me is so many of the newspaper articles talk about specifically the jawbone and how it can fit over a man's jawbone which is an interesting consistency that I'm like, if they're making this up, I wouldn't expect to see this consistency here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and, but I'm sure some of the ones that didn't include skulls were likely misidentified other bones, maybe even fossils. So if you don't think that it's the Smithsonian that's doing it, then then who do you think would be these other groups that would be trying to, that, that would be trying to take these sorts of things? Okay. When I was reading Giants of Cydonia, they talked a lot about the ch- they did talk about the Smithsonian snatching up some of the bones, but they were also talking about the church and the church wanting these bones disposed of. When they, instead of contact the media, they just kind of co- talked about it among locals, usually the church would step in and insist the bones be immediately destroyed or brought to a specific location, and then they would just disappear. Now, when you say the church, are we talking like the Vatican? I'm talking about the capital C O G <laughs> Big Papa Church. Yep. Or, when, I, when I say the church, I mean the Catholic Church. Oh God! Oh, they're always in on it. I find that weird, man. I, you know, well, I mean, I, I find that weird that like the church would be behind trying to hide these things when the Catholic Church has just as much belief in Nephilim and giants as Protestant churches. Oh, I think there's an ulterior motive. Well, I mean, if it's, I mean, just straight, other than just trying to suppress that they actually exist, other like, than other than just that. Like, I believe somewhere down in the Vatican catacombs, there's a ton of these giant skeletons on display. Yeah, but why would you need to hide that? Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, well, but that's the thing that I, that I find odd is no, that... No, but I think it's because there's some sort of, there's something about these bones we do not know. Because I think all the traditional explanations on why a group would try to hide these fail. And like I said, that's what I'm going over in the extended segment today. But I think they all fail. I think there's something about these skeletons that they either represent or have a capability of performing 
that gives people a reason to make these not common knowledge. I'm like, I think that there'd have to be because, again, just them existing in and of themselves is not an affront to church doctrine. No. You know, this is not like if you found a giant that this all of a sudden would say, oh, it turns out Jesus was a woman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that would like radically flip, like, you know, flip doctrine upside down. You know, like this, like finding giants, they'd be like, oh, look, told you. No, because you think that they would benefit from this knowledge. Well, another thing too, but again, here, here's the issue that I have. Are you no, ready for another beer? No, no, no I already stole one. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw this. Another, another thing at you. It doesn't matter if there's even like, say like a, a reason about why you would want to have these bones because just them exist. You could put up a fake bone. It's not like you have to display the real bone. You could put out a bone that's just that they just themselves fabricated. I mean, yeah, in the second crusade when they're running around with a piece of the true cross of Jesus, I'm pretty sure they just had a piece of wood. Yeah, like it's not it's not something that I think that you have to compl- that it it its existence in and of itself that you would have that you would have to keep secret. No. So like so to me no matter what the motives are, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense about why you would have to keep it just to sheer existence under wraps something else did you find the, any of the stories about the bones degrading under sunlight it's kind of convenient <laughs> it, i know i know the is, story but <laughs> i know the stories you're talking about i did some digging into this and i did find something that could be interesting um, a lot of the stories involved that under sunlight the bones basically just deteriorate to dust this is and that's not for all the bones it's just for some reason that's that way, apparently, for some of the bones. And, yes, if you're a liar, that's a very convenient excuse on why you don't have the bones. Yeah. But something else interesting is bones do effectively degrade to dust under sunlight, just not at a rapid succession. What happens is when you set the bone out, then usually this bone has been kept in darkness for quite some time and has become very dry. As the rays of the sun hit it, it causes, you know, the electrons to start spinning and the bone begins to vibrate. Being in that dry, desiccated position, that vibration causes it to basically break down into dust over time. If it's something that's breaking down rapidly, like over the course of, like, let's say eight hours in the sunlight, that would mean that this bone had something in it that maintained its integrity that has decayed out. Because normally you would expect some minor degradation due to the sunlight. That's apparently just a thing with bones. I had to talk to Ellie. Ellie knows a lot about, like, taxidermy and stuff. Um, and so you'd expect, like, some degradation. But at this level, that would mean there's some key structural component that rotted away faster than the bones did. Y'all heard it here, folks. He's a witch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was processing through that through that long spiel about what I'm gonna say, and I'm like, "That's too scientific." Here, okay. he's a witch. Let, let me boil it down real Warlock. quick. Warlock, witchcraft, I say. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I got a, I got a, but I got a, I got a, I got a counter argument too. I was like, you know, my grandfather once caught a leprechaun. Oh my god. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you caught it, you know, what happens when you catch a leprechaun? They burst just on human contact into rainbows and four leaf clovers. But what I'm saying is, there is this. This isn't straight nonsense. You could find a scientific reason. Like, there's there's no scientific method that causes a biological being to burst into, what do you say, four-leaf clovers and what? And rainbows. And rainbows. There's no scientific process that causes yeah, that. Yeah, because that's a magical creature. But there is a scientific process that could explain why a bone would quickly break down to dust. 
yes, this is doing it at a more rapid rate than one would normally anticipate. Mm -hmm. But the process still could, in theory, exist where there is nothing that turns a living protein creature into, like, four-leaf clovers and rainbows when caught. You know, there's another reason, too, about why they would say that, like, the sun causes these bones to to crumble under dust. Because it's not like it's, like, out of the realm of possibility that, like... In, in in many myths, the sun, which is the representation of like you know God, the the good and all that, that's causes a, these. That's evil, a very Roman viewpoint. Causes these evil things to crumble under dusk. You know that's the reason about why. Um, that's the reason why vampires turn to dust in sunlight. That's the reason why werewolves turn under moonlight and not under sun, and things like that. Because these are creatures that are dark. Go back to Rome and worship your soul in Invictus. Oh. Please, you were rambling that to me the other day at the, <laughs> at the Chinese restaurant. And again, I'm going to say the same thing because the people that are finding these, you know, in the Midwest, very Germanic folk. <laughs> like, you know, you know, who settled Evansville? The Germans. Okay. You know, and this whole particular region. Yes, European folk. So, yes, and the people that are finding it tend to be that way. So, yes, that would probably explain why that, you know, they don't have them if there's a convenient reason why they disappeared. Is they I burst don't into... know. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. And I'm not saying that this isn't just charlatans making up why they don't have a bone. I just want to point out there is, it isn't just straight up nonsense. There is some scientific functions that could lend some credence to this. Okay. I, I also think there's just as much credence that people would say that, yeah, we don't have these because they, they burst into light. I don't think this is a common thing. I also don't know if giants that are 20 feet tall's bones would be so brittle for sunlight that they crumble to dust. It would be, okay, Think, but think about it like this. If you're a 20 foot tall giant, you're going to need something that is structurally reinforcing your bones likely more so than what our bones reinforce. Perhaps whatever that is, is something that has a faster decay rate than the bone, basically causing pores in the bone, which would also mean that when the sunlight vibrates it, it would become dust quicker. Basically, whatever force would be reinforcing the bone, if it had a higher decay rate, would already be gone, and those porous areas, when vibrated, would cause it to degrade much quicker. That's it. I'm calling the Vatican. I'm tired. I can't take take this much more. Speaking of that... Is this the Pope? (laughs) This is the Pope. I got somebody here saying some science that I don't understand. I need you to come check him out to being a witch. Okay, let's tell them about yesterday. When you totally freaking up. schooled me. Oh, I did. It was great. In human behavior. So, okay, so we were arguing at this Chinese restaurant, like we tend to do. And everybody at the restaurant's kind of like looking at us. So, like, we, we do to, this all the time, too, just oh, so you guys know. And so we leave, and we're driving back to Vic's house. Oh, right, let me take it over here for a second. Go ahead. Okay. And while we're driving, I'm like, how many people, we were discussing, like, why someone would need to cover this up. And I'm like, well, they probably wouldn't need to be that active because that, that many people actually believe in giants. And I said, if we went to the mall right now and polled 200 people, if they believed in giants or not, we would probably maybe get three to six of them. And you said that you thought it'd be more like 30%. Yes. And then we decided to just pull a U-turn and drive to the mall. <laughs> I did an illegal U-turn. I just, I'm like, I think we can actually test this theory out. And this is what we were doing yesterday. So take it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we'll just walk around the mall. We approached random people in the mall. A very large, large, diverse group of people. Men, women, old, you know. And we walked up and we said, hey, can you settle a bit between me and my friend here? 
And I said, uh, are giants real? And they either said yes, no, or they don't, and they don't know. The vet, the best part is the first two people immediately said yes. Oh yeah. I thought it was going to be a wash. Yeah. Like it was just going to be, everyone is going to say yes. Giants are a hundred percent a thing. Well, the weird thing was, is I wanted to specify like, like ancient, like 20 foot tall giants, but you wouldn't let me specify no, that. I think it's really best when doing this sort of thing. Just come in with a direct question. Yeah, but I think that leaves people open to the idea of whether or not giantism is a thing, which is yeah, a thing. Yeah, which we did eventually start refining our question down to, if they asked, we'd say not human giantism. No, but, but but truthfully, like, enough people, like, just genuinely believed in, like, ancient 20-foot-tall giants. Oh, no, no, check this out. Out of the, we, we only really had time to do 10 people because it was about the time the mall was closing. Four people said, no, giants are not a thing. That's just fiction. Two people abstained, and four people just uh, just out of the box just said, yes, giants giants were real. They might not be around now, but they they were 100% real, which is yes. fascinating. I really thought it would be way less, way less than what that number. What are you number. talking? Dude, this is woven into the core of so many. We talked in the – were you even paying attention in the last episode? We were talking intensely about how this is woven into so many cultures' beliefs. I didn't think this many people were that cool. And generally, people who believe in the Bible have to believe gen- that giants walked the earth. And we're in Evansville. And I, I was stunned. I was stunned. I was flabbergasted. I you thought, believe in giants. I know I believe in giants, but I'm cool. Most people aren't. <laughs> but, like, I was just amazed that half... Half the people who gave a concise answer said, yes, giants are real. Like that 50% of the people who are willing to give a committed answer went with, yes, there giants either are or were a thing. And one person even said, and the Smithsonian's trying to cover them up. <laughs> I know. That Lady, was if you're listening, you are super cool. You are that the was best. awesome. We, we weren't even talking to her. We were talking to that GameStop employee we gave the shout out to. And <laughs> what we're talking with, she's like, yeah, giants were real, and the Smithsonian's covered up. I just turned around, I'm like, like you, know. you are so cool. <laughs> oh my it, god! It was it was just absolutely awesome. Oh my, oh my god! Like, <sighs> but think about that. Like, I don't know if I'm not we shocked. if we did this in another state, maybe we'd get different results. But I'm no. amazed that fifty no, percent. I maybe we wouldn't, but I am just astonished that so many people are. Ready and willing to admit to believing in giants. I think that's cool. I, no. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad I'm buying beer today. But I'm surprised I'm buying beer today. Explain that with your science. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not, sh- I'm not shocked at all, man. Because, again, we approach people generally either by themselves or with one other person. I prefer by themselves. Because, again, most people believe in the parano- in some aspect of the paranormal. But they don't like talking about it in groups for fear of being judged. And so, you know, it's like so many times, like when we were working at the hospital together, you know, we, people would be like, no, I don't really believe in the paranormal. And then like everybody leaving, like, all right, but let me tell you something, this weird crap that happened to me one time. And they would tell us about their ghost or seeing shadow people or things like that. Or oh, they would talk about that. The store where that we were in when we were asking about giants, this lady also told us a ghost story that, about a ghost she saw. We, oh, we were in uh, Bath and Body Works. <laughs> we just, that was another weird one that she went, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yes, I knew it. It was great. I think that was like the second person we talked to. And yep. I was just flabbergasted because I was at that point worried that 100 people, 100% of the people were just going to say yes. The security guy went, oh, no. He was probably mo- the most affirmative no. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, he was just no, and I do not wish to talk about it further. I know. I, I really thought he was going to ask us to leave. And oddly enough, a lot of the people who said like no, giants are th- aren't a thing. Most of them were kind of like, uh, no, I don't. Uh, maybe yeah, no, 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 not giants aren't a thing. Like they they weren't real solid on it. Mm-hmm. I expected like uh, everyone to just go no. Why are you asking me this? But think think about this. This means like assuming that I mean, I know we had an extremely small poll number. It could have been skewed, but let's assume for a moment it's not. Think about what that that means. That fifty percent of the people that gave a affirmed answer, or not an affirmed answer, that gave a distinct yes or no answer, answered yes, giants are or were real. I think that's fascinating. That oh, shows I, like a much more willing, uh, much higher willingness to believe in the paranormal or the strange or the unusual than normal. Okay, but look, and and, and I'm going to give you a reason about why I think this is the case. I I think this is the case because if you look how giants are typically portrayed in media right now, are they really portrayed with having six fingers, six toes, two rows of teeth? No. No. They're just big people. And I think at the end of the day, that's the only weird stretch you got to make. I think most people are going to be like, yeah, maybe a 20-foot person could exist. Because really, that's that's the only real thing that you have to concede to, is someone could just grow to be that big. And I think that's that, I don't think that's that hard for people to. And that's another thing too. I don't care. I'm not wrapping this up. Why do you think that honestly that this description of giants has changed? Uh, I want to I want to do that before we move on to the to the patron section. Like if it, I just thought I just realized that. Let, let me make sure I understand your question. Yeah. Why do I think that the description of giants has changed to just large individuals and losing losing some of these extra characteristics? Yeah. Oh, I think it's laziness. Um, no, no, really? no, 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 no. Let me let me double back. It's not laziness. It is, I think, primarily due to how people in fiction have portrayed giants, and going away from perhaps a more biblical description of them, and utilizing them just as large humanoids. Yeah, like but- I think like the people in who did Skyrim, which had giants that were roughly in the size category that we would be talking about in the giants this month. Um, didn't portray them with extra fingers just because they weren't aware of the lore that they likely had extra fingers. Yeah, but again, you it, certain things in myth still prevail. Like it's not like cy- stories of cyclopses or gorgons or, th- or or dragons and things like that necessarily lost their some of those defining characteristics like with giant that giants have. The description of the Gorgon has changed a lot over time. Well, it's still like it's still bizarre. Like it, it's still just very human esque. Like, like when in, like you know, and and it just loses some of these like finite traits. No, some depictions of the Gorgon were no, no. I meant cool. giants. I'm sorry. I meant giants. Oh, giants. I'm sorry. Um, like giants, I would say have held up mythologically about as well as everything else has. Like, that's a good question. I want people to comment below. Why do you guys think that's happened? Why do you guys think that this description of giants is changed? Because when we did the giant Kandahar story, it it kept the six to six hands, two rows of teeth, which is very fascinating. I I find that story to be more and more interesting over time. Do you remember what episode that's in? Eight or nine. If you guys are wanting more giant information, go back and watch that one again. Yeah, it's like the only modern one of them actually like walking around. I really wish we could bring you guys more 
modern giant accounts. I looked, just man. Aren't a lot of. Them. I did, you know. By the time well, in our next episode, we're gonna be bringing Ricky on. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig deeper. If you guys know any modern stories, help us out on that and comment below. But I'm digging deeper. I'm digging. I'm digging today. I'm turning on, uh, over some rocks, but I, I, I want you guys to comment below if you guys know of any particular stories, if you guys have heard any. Um, and in the extended segment today, I'm going to be breaking down the motives behind people making giants, uh, giant bones disappear and giant mummies disappear. But is there, is there anything else? Because before we go into that, is there anything else on, Smith's, on the Smithsonian themselves? Like whether or not I, you I really think, think that they're, they're actually the behind guys. it. I, no, I don't think they're the people behind it. I think they're the transport guys. They have the foot in the door where they can make the rational statement to the common man that the common man would agree with. I think that they do it, they get it transported maybe to the Smithsonian, maybe to someplace else, and then the group that has the actual interest in it then picks it up from there and takes it from there. I don't think it's actually the Smithsonian doing any more than just being the um, people doing the transportation and using the name of the Smithsonian. At first, I I really wanted to say that I don't think that the Smithsonian was involved. My very first initial theory was that this is similar to like when Men in Black claim they're from the Air Force. You know, like Men in Black, Black claim they show up. They're really government agents, probably for somebody else, but they just claim they're from the Air Force and then they do they do their thing. Like with the Smithsonian, they show up, they're from the Smithsonian, and they take things. But the thing that really stuck out to me in all of this was that if you go on to the Smithsonian website, you would think that with how much people claim that they actually like stole giant bones, that they'd make some sort of post or something about how giants aren't real or things like that. There is, there is just literally nothing from them that's public or that's out there that they push out saying that, no, this isn't really something that's the case, which is weird because we've seen this in the theory of Smithsonian Gate. There's been stories of, uh, you know, like of TV shows where people have put these out where people accuse the Smithsonian of the government of taking it, and there's just not a response. And it's the only thing in the paranormal that I've ever seen something like that legit happen. And to me, it makes me that much more paranoid of just going like, you, you you won't even acknowledge it that, that it's not a thing. I, and so it just, it just makes the hairs in the back of my neck just stand on edge. But let us know what you guys think below. Do you guys think the Smithsonian's behind it? Do you think it's somebody else? Let us know below. Um, if you guys listen to this episode, we super appreciate it. If you liked it, leave a like, share, leave us a review. Um, if you are listening to this uh, podcast. Ooh, start, a, start a war with each other in the comment section. I hear that <laughs> helps out a lot. Yeah, one of the best things that you can do actually too is comment below. It helps get our message out whenever you do that. Um, but we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Speaking of giant things, tomorrow we are going to be stepping up to tackling the biggest breakfast burrito in Evansville. I can't wait for this, man. I don't think this burrito's ready to handle Vic and Marcus. <laughs> what, what was the name of the place? Los Alfaros. Yes, they apparently have a two-foot-long breakfast burrito, and we're going to go eat it no, tomorrow. No, 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 I am looking forward to this. Do you think we can handle a two-foot burrito? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, easily. I thought about. about I, I think you're gonna have to order your own. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm gonna get. I'm gonna just eat the whole thing on my own. Oh man. Okay. 
If you want the rest of this amazing, awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over and sign up for our Patreon. I like the look Mick's giving me. Well, I was about to jump into my argument. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you guys want the rest of this awesome podcast, all you guys got to do uh, is go over to our Patreon and sign up. For as little as a dollar a month, you guys get the rest of all of our podcasts, as well as bonus episodes, access to One Candle TV, um, exclusive episodes that we put up only for our patrons, as well as voting on our monthly poll, by the way, which the last time that I checked... The current running uh, theme vote for next month is going to be <gasps> things you can't find on YouTube. Oh, oh! I really hope it's that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Time and Space Anomaly, as well as Ghost Towns, I do believe, are slowly right behind, as I well as Harry Humanoids. I would fairly okay with all of those. Two. Oh, yeah, they're all going to be good, no matter what we do. We're going to bring you guys some really awesome episodes. Yep. Things you can't find on YouTube is currently winning. But, okay. I really think pretty much... All the arguments on why people are covering up the existence of giants are unsatisfactory. So, like, what what, what are some of the arguments? That it's the Smithsonian that's trying to hide it, that's trying to hide the Bible and prop up. Okay. First.